all of you wonderful scuba divers out there, welcome to the Scuba Diver Magazine podcast, uh, which is sponsored by Scuba Pro, who are celebrating their 60th year of being an iconic scuba diving brand. And Scuba Pro also has a few offers that I'm going to break down later on in this podcast. Um, but yeah, I've been away for a couple of weeks, which some of you may have noticed. Uh, I'll explain why towards the end of the podcast, after the news and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I've been away, so there's been a ton of news uh, in, from a pair of liverboards sinking, two of them, um, that was quite surprising, and a, uh, a kissing scandal involving a dive guide. Uh, so yeah, let's dive straight into the first story, which, yeah, is that a, um, a, a pair of liverboards, one in the Red Sea and one, um, oh, I forget where, uh, in the Philippines, I want to say, um, which was quite a surprise. So the first one was the uh, the Carlton Queen, uh, which capsized and sunk near uh, Saab Abu Nahas uh, in the like northern Egyptian Red Sea. All guests and crew members were reported to have been rescued uh, with no more than just minor injuries and, of course, lost possessions. Um, and that was on the uh, the 24th of April. So, um, yeah, a, it was actually a nearby liverboard, the VIP Shrook, I think it's pronounced, uh, was involved in the rescue along with the Egyptian Navy. And Egypt's Chamber of Diving and Water Sports later thanked uh, VIP Shrook's crew for their quick and professional rescue and assistance to the tourists and crew members on board the capsized boat. Now, I couldn't find a, an actual like reason, uh, and, or at least a, an obvious reason being reported, as in they've like, struck something and it sank or whatever. Uh, the, the best that I could find was that um, they had been wreck diving at Abu Nahas since the, uh, the boat's departure the previous day, and according to unconfirmed reports, it's, it had been listing since the start of the trip and then just kept filling up with water whilst maneuvering in mounting seas uh, remaining on the surface for a time on its starboard size before eventually capsizing um, so that's all unconfirmed uh, I, I couldn't find like a definitive yes this is exactly what's happened um, but yeah it's true the other one was the liverboard the dream keeper which was um, in uh, in the Philippines and there was actually a, a search looking for four people who were missing after the liverboard sank in a sudden squall um on the, on Sunday morning that was the uh, the 30th of April and the the liverboard had left San Remigio on Cebu on th on the Thursday and made its way 250 nautical miles to the diving hotspot in the middle of the Sulu Sea and that's where the sudden squall seemed to have got into or, caused trouble and um and yeah there were uh, 12 guests 15 crew members and a five-man dive team all aboard and according to reports there were four people missing who was the vessel's owner a dive master and uh, and two guests as well and the filipino coast guard were uh, coordinating the uh, the search and rescue operation and uh, again, not a huge amount of information or at least confirmed information coming out of this one. Um, so hopefully it's um, they'll, they'll be recovered uh, if they haven't already. I uh, Maybe I just haven't found the, uh, the correct news story. But yeah, that was quite a uh, surprising one. Another one that came out of nowhere, at, at least for me, was um, Simply Scuba disappearing. Um, 
So for those of you who who don't know, I, I used to work for Simply Scuba for a good 10 years or something. And, um, and yeah, they, um, the, the company has gone into administration or at least the company that owns Simply Scuba has gone into, um, administration. So yeah, this is a weird, um, like repetition of history because I mean, let me wind the clocks all the way back to, I mean, literally pre COVID. Um, it's quite funny. So I was actually out of the country. I was over in Australia when COVID hit. When COVID, it was it was a thing, but some people were worried about it. Most people weren't, and I was actually uh, yeah, I was out of the country when it started to get serious. And yeah, like shops were closing down, and you had to line up out out front with an appointment or whatnot to actually um, turn up. So, and then when we were scheduled to fly back that's when it got really serious um it was literally that week so i i flew back and yeah it was the the government was talking about furlough schemes and all that kind of stuff so um yeah i was i was furloughed with the rest of the um uh, the, the crew at simply scuba and then in i think it was April 2020 that's when we all got the phone call that we were being made redundant and uh, and simply scuba was going into administration so um so yeah started to look for other work and that's when I actually first started working with the uh, with the boys and girls at uh, scuba diver magazine and and then simply scuba was bought by a company called the internet fusion group who had other companies like surfdome and um, uh, country attire lots of different websites that that sold things and they added simply scuba to uh, to the list and yeah last week we, like last week for me recording this um yeah internet fusion group has gone into administration well no correction they've been bought by a um uh, a members only marketplace which is called brand alley so it's a website and they they have bought certain assets from internet fusion group ifg um which includes the the logos the brand names and the trademarks and they've confirmed that none of the internet fusion group domains so simply scuba included are going to continue to trade um and some of the employees of Internet Fusion Group, Simply Scuba included, were made redundant on Friday the 28th of April. And one thing that Brand Alley did do is they did actually like rehire 125 people. Um, they, they acquired the, the logistics operations and the customer service um, division. So they did... Uh, like continue to uh, to employ um, a, a fair amount. It's almost half of the uh, of the actual Internet Fusion staff. But yeah, Simply Scuba I think has really really disappeared uh, this time. I'm just intrigued to try and work out where all of the stock is and where that's going to be sold. Because if that's going to be sold off at a discount, uh, I would be interested in a few bits and bobs. Um, but yeah. Um, that that news just kind of like popped up because I was um, so I was I was away. I was basically on a boat for uh, for a couple of weeks, and and the signal wasn't amazing uh, where we were. So only checking the news like periodically, and yeah, this this email popped up, and it was from uh, Simply Scuba. Uh, it, it wasn't directly to me. It was a um, 
uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, like marketing email to to everyone on their mailing list, and basically said that yeah, no, we're we're now part of the uh, the brand Alley group, and um, and yeah, we're, we're no longer going to be um, trading. Uh, I think they're. I forget the um, the exact wording, but they're basically saying that yeah, if your order, if you place an order and it's been shipped, then yeah, it should still like find its way to you. Um, but yeah, the all of the the websites, if you go to simplyscuba.com, it just takes you straight to uh, to Brand Alley, um, which I haven't been able to find any scuba diving equipment on there. I don't know whether they're planning on putting it up on there to sell it through uh, because they're they're basically a website and they. Um, that they get like big top name brands and they just sell it at discount, like 50, 80% in some cases I've seen. Um, so, but it's for like members only. So you, so you have to sign up and, uh, and you get like three emails a day about all the different um, uh, like offers they're up. And I don't know whether they're going to um, put any scuba diving equipment on there. That was stock of simply scuba, but who knows? Time, time will tell because it, it might just be they they have to uh, like transfer across to um, to the different platform that they're working on. But yeah, hey, um, that that was a, a surprising morning um, whilst I was eating breakfast, and I was like, oh, okay, that's huh, wasn't expecting that. Um, what else has happened in the news? Yeah, a uh, police have actually arrested a twenty seven year old assistant dive master in uh, in Saba. On, uh, on suspicion of molesting a female diver whilst they were underwater together on the 5th of May. Um, so the police have um, yeah arrested this part-time worker. They, they work at a local dive centre, taken into custody from his home in a, uh, a water village on the 7th of May. And it was a 24-year-old Chinese woman who had been on holiday in Malaysia and said to have reported the alleged incidents at around 10 a.m. the day after it occurred. Um, and shortly after this, she boarded a flight home via Kuala Lumpur and started to post about her experiences on social media, which is just the modern thing, the way people report things nowadays. And according to a Samporna police statement, the woman had been diving at about one o'clock in the afternoon in a group off the resort island of Mataking, where she claims that the dive master or assistant dive master as they're named um, had kissed her underwater without her consent. Uh, she is also said to have reported that the dive master had used the WeChat app to pester her into spending the night with him before she returned home. Um, so yeah, he was remanded into custody until the 11th of May when the police investigation uh, or were investing the investigating, sorry, the other uh, case under a section of the penal code that refers to using criminal force to threaten a victim's modesty. Um so yeah, the uh, the Chinese lady shared her account of the incident uh, on a Chinese video app which is similar to TikTok and expressed her hope that the Sabah authorities would take action against the dive master so that no one else would have to experience similar harassment and her post had led to images taken by another diver in the water purporting to show the stolen kiss being widely shared on social media along with a police report and examples of alleged dialogue between the assistant dive master and the woman 
And in Malaysia, this online activity in turn prompted a local group, the Sabah Dive Squad Club, to issue a call for dive staff members to act professionally at all times. Right, everyone, stop doing this. It might just be fun and games, but actually, in the modern world, no, we don't do this anymore. And uh, yeah, for operators to conduct refresher training on the code of ethics governing relationships between staff and clients. Uh, Operators needed to check qualifications for all dive staff, said the club, whilst visiting divers should ensure that they dived only with approved dive centres. And such precautions would, it said, uh, protect the reputation of the diving and tourism industries and prevent lawsuits against dive operations. Uh, The calls to tourism operators were then echoed by Sabah's police commissioner at the uh, press conference. So yeah, can't can't be doing that anymore. It, it might be something that is just oh yeah, kind of everyone does it. It's, it makes for like a fun photo and all that kind of stuff. But actually, no, it's kind of creepy, especially when it gets into the um, the like WeChat uh, like messaging the um, uh, the client afterwards. Uh, yeah, that's hella creepy so uh not just avoid that keep it professional uh regardless and um and yeah that way if you're a diving professional you as you should stay out of hot water um but yeah it is just a matter of nah don't it might be fun and games maybe with your friends and whatnot um but yeah when you're the professional diver there you're leading the group and and they're paying clients yeah no just be fun by all means, be fun and enthusiastic, uh, but no, don't go that close. No touching, no none of that kind of stuff, because uh, yeah, it will literally get you in hot water. A new story um, comes out of Shearwater, and they uh, they this week introduced the Shearwater Peregrine Adventures Edition. Um, so, from what I can tell, this is mostly cosmetic. They um, they have a light and a dark edition. So traditionally, the uh, the Peregrine, which is more of a like entry level dive computer, it was available in black. Most dive equipment comes in black, um, but now it comes in a. Uh, it's pretty much white. It's I mean the strap looks completely white, but the uh, the casing around the computer is just just grayish white and it has some like aqua turquoise um like strap retainers on it and i think i've seen the uh, the bungee that comes with it is also like a turquoisey color um that's the light edition there's also the dark edition which is ironically lighter than the black standard edition uh, but the dark edition is like a like gunmetal gray with a, a flash of orange. So the bungee is orange and the strap retainers are orange on this one. Similar to, if you remember the uh, the fourth element tech fins, they have a like gunmetal gray version and then the, uh, the, the heel fin strap retainer is orange. That colorway. Um, otherwise, I don't think there's any like internal difference they're not going to run any faster or do anything different it's still the same like peregrine on the inside uh, it's just two different colors uh, i haven't seen if this is like just standard along their range now um because they're calling it the adventure edition shearwater have done this with quite a few of their dive computers the uh, the Terra in particular 
where they have limited edition versions of it. So instead of the standard black, you um, at one point there was a gold version, there was a gold and red version, uh, which everyone at the dive center we called it the uh, the Iron Man edition. But it was for uh, it was celebrating Chinese New Year, and they only made a certain number of those. So if you like it, get in there quick because it may not be a um, uh, uh, like a running colorway that they're they're always going to continue to uh, to produce. It might be limited edition. I haven't seen it specifically say limited edition anywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you like it, you want one, uh, and you find one in stock, get it because it may not be permanent. But, but yeah, a, a nice funky colorway. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, this podcast is sponsored by the scuba diving giant, which is Scuba Pro, who have been making great dive equipment all the way since 1963. They were one of the first. And Scuba Pro makes everything from masks, snorkels, and fins, the real like ABCDs, to wetsuits, dry suits, dive computers. They have a beautiful range of regulators. Uh, you name it, you can literally cover yourself head to toe in scuba diving equipment. And the entire range of products divers love because I mean, if you take their fins, for example, they still make their jet fins, which are from the 1960s. I think they started in 1965, but divers still want them. So scuba pros still have to make them because they simply got it right. And it's a product that works. The only upgrade that the jet fins have had over the years is they've added spring heel straps. Uh, so yeah, they, they still make that, but they also make some of the most cutting edge fins today with things like the sea wing Nova and the supernova. So scuba pro covers the entire range of dive gear from their heritage dive equipments to modern technology and things like their wetsuits their everflex wetsuits they're now using ulex which is a plant-based alternative to neoprene which is much more environmentally friendly and right now scuba pro has a pair of offers at participating dealers the first one is a free octo offer so if you buy a Scuba Pro SX20 Ti or the D420 with either the Mark 19 Evo or the Mark 25 Evo first stages, then you're going to get the S270 Octo absolutely free, which is a really great way of just building a regulator set and, of course, saving yourself some money because you're basically there. All you need to do is add some gauges and then the BCD hose comes from your BCD anyway. Um, the D420... The D420 second stage may look a little bit different to other second stages, but the way it's designed, it breathes beautifully. It's a really nice second stage. Um, the S620 Ti is a clever combination of the best features of other Scuba Pro second stages and then just put all together in one. So they looked at the S600, they looked at the A. Um, correction the s600 and the a700 they took the best bits and kind of put it all in one and that's the s620 ti and it's just a great all-rounder of a second stage uh the free octo offer also extends to their s600 which is a very popular regulator uh with either the mark 25 evo or the mark 17 evo first stage which really is one of scuba pro's most popular regulators or at least it sold extremely well when i used to sell them it's a it's, again it's a strong good looking all-rounder that and the G260, 
which is very similar to the S600. It's just made to be a bit more like, or at least look a bit more rugged. Um, or the new G260 carbon black tech, which has carbon fiber detailing on the front with the Mark 25 Evo or the Mark 19 Evo. Um, either of those, the S600, the G260 or the G260 carbon black tech, you get a free R105 Octo. Now, I know that's a lot of numbers that I've just thrown at you. Um, so if you visit your local Scubapro dealer or if you visit Scubapro's website, scubapro.johnsonoutdoors.com, uh, but I think if you just type in scubapro.com, it, it automatically forwards you to that. Um, they actually have a, a dealer locator on Scubapro's website where you can find your nearest dealer and they can help find the uh, the right regulator for you. Um, the second offer is a dry suit promotion, which is a great way to save some money or get yourself a fancier dry suit combination in your budget. Because if you buy a neoprene Everdry 4 or an ExoDry dry suit, you can get a free K2 light undersuit set or if you want something a little bit thicker, you can get the K2 medium thickness undersuit for just £99, uh, which normally has a suggested retail price of £298. So you're saving yourself the best part of, what, £200. Uh, or if you prefer a trilaminate dry suit, if you buy the Scubapro Evertech breathable dry suit or the Definition Dry, then you're, you can get the K2 Extreme undersuit for free. Um, which is a great way to stay warmer in the water. The K2 Extreme, it has these dedicated sections like over the shoulders, over the uh, the chest, which is compression resistant. So um, yeah, it is just a more efficient dry suit undersuit. Um, but yeah, I personally, I tend to wear my dry suit year round here in the UK, both in the summer and the winter times. So a dry suit is real good investment. Um, both of these offers, the uh, the free Octo offer and the uh, and the dry suit offer, they're running up until the end of July this year in certain regions. Um, if you're listening to this in a, uh, in a in a different country, then unfortunately you're going to have to double check if this offer is actually running in your country. And of course, it's only running at participating dealers uh so do ask them first before you turn up just demanding free scuba pro equipment um but yeah if you're in for a bargain you you need a new set of regulators or you need a new dry suit uh it's definitely worth checking out scuba pro and yeah i've been away for a couple of weeks um i i've been diving in cornwall uh but not i mean i was having fun but i was working i was on a, a hsc professional scuba course which is it's like the introductory course to commercial diving um so you're you're diving on scuba so it's not surface supply you're still diving on a on a cylinder and a bailout but you're still using the like kirby morgan uh, band masks and you're, you're just learning how to uh, sort of use that and work in a hsc environment and yeah it's a two-week course it was the it was the ECHA course, which is basically the the full course. I think is four weeks long, but they condense it down into two weeks uh, because you're just living on the boat and you're just living and breathing the course for two weeks straight, which is a great way of doing it. Um, I did it with commercial diver training down in Cornwall. Uh, fantastic 
group of um, instructors and staff. The facilities are amazing. They've got um, multiple diving vessels, and they were previously a. Um, I think one was a liverboard. I think one was a, a lifeguard um, or a coast guard vessel. I believe. I forget. Um, but yeah, they um, they have everything there. Nice, friendly staff, and they. I was quite worried it was going to be just full on because I already knew it was a condensed course to try and do things as quickly as possible. But they did it really nice and gradually, um, and they they build you up to things. And yeah, we did everything from like line communications because you're always tethered in the unlikely events that you're like communication. Because in like a Kirby Morgan helmet and some of the argomasks that we're using, if the communications ever failed and you can't literally talk to the people on the surface, you need to be able to communicate with someone by pulling on the rope, which did remind me of the old um, Simpsons episode where Bart is sent underwater by uh, by Grandpa. And yeah, it's like, oh, if you're in trouble, pull on the rope like 85 times or whatnot. Um, it, it did feel a bit like that at times because you you have the difference between pulls and bells. And a pull is a good like meter slow pull on the rope. And then bells are more of just a quick yank of the rope. And depending on how many pulls and how many yanks, uh, you can communicate different messages backwards and forwards. And of course, you have to memorize these as a diver um, and have it all in your head to think, okay, they, they've given me like three bulls or three pulls. What does that mean? Um, yeah, it, it's what once you get your head around it, it's uh, it's quite good. But yeah, it, it takes a lot of learning to uh, to remember like pulls and bells and which the uh, the combinations mean. Um, but we did more than that. Um, most of it was like leaning more towards the commercial dive side of things. So we were doing uh, like propeller and rudder inspections and measuring chains, chain surveys. Uh, so so measuring the the wire thickness and the combination thickness and uh, and just looking for corrosion and all that kind of stuff. And that was fascinating to do. And then of course we'd have to recreate all of that. Uh, like information that we've taken back up on the surface uh seabed surveys as well uh we had to do a, a night dive as well so we're tying knots that i mean i don't think anyone was particularly looking forward to that we were all professional divers uh i believe on the course and it was just like we had to do this uh this night dive um we'd all been on night dives before and all, all the exercise was is that we'd had to go into the water, we found a, a trapeze, and we'd have to tie a bunch of knots just to make sure that we could do them like in the dark. Um, I don't think they, they gave us torches, but I don't think anyone uh, like really needed them. Um, so you, you're sort of like tying these knots. But where we were in this uh, in this river, there was this huge amount of uh, bioluminescent plankton which is the stuff as you as you move it lights up so as you're tying these knots in this like big kirby morgan helmet um th- there's all these like green sparkles uh, going on in the water which um i wasn't really expecting so i was like oh this is really like trippy um <laughs> exercise to be doing 
at um I think it was only like nine o'clock at night, but it was, it was dark at that point. Uh, you're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I, I could get used to this. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. good course. Um, we, we had to go back to basics with, uh, with Navy dive tables because that was the biggest thing or like culture shock as it were, because in commercial diving, you don't really use dive computers or you don't use them at all. Really. Um, we did have, a depth gauge and a bottom timer for for one of the dives for one of the deeper dives but that was about it everything else is just done by like experience um because again it's the like commercial way of doing things so you go down to your maximum depth where your job is you do your job and that's your your bottom depth and your bottom time and then you ascend so it's a very square dive profile so um and a, a dive computer they they basically they the, the algorithms they don't really jive with the uh, with the navy dive tables all the time so uh, it's just like that is not really worth bringing a dive computer um we're going to sort out your your dive profile make sure that you're ascending at the uh, the correct rate and hats off to the uh, to the supervisor because they have to monitor three divers simultaneously as soon as they leave the surface when they reach the bottom when they leave the bottom and as they're ascending they have to calculate their ascent rate based on a stopwatch and your reported depth as you're ascending and they tell you whether you're coming up too fast you're coming you're too slow you can speed it up or stop um yeah incredible incredible what they're uh, what they're doing and uh, and yeah afterwards one of the things is that, of course, the U.S. Navy dive tables, they're all done in imperial measurements. So it's all done in feet. Um, so we're we're talking in meters because a lot of the uh, the dive equipment and the gauges and things in um, here in the U.K. are metric. But then when you go to log your dive, you have to do it. You have to convert it into feet and then write down your um, uh, your dive profile in uh, in feet. So it's. It, it it takes a while to get your head around it. Luckily, the um, uh, the U.S. Navy dive tables, the paddy dive tables, are based off of the U.S. Navy dive tables. And because I was a paddy instructor who used to teach the uh, the old fashioned tables, at, as soon as we like open them up, you're like, oh, I recognize this. The the numbers and everything might be a little bit different, but actually the procedures on how to work out. I mean, they don't call it your pressure group, um, but how to work out your pressure group, how to work out your surface interval, and then your residual nitrogen and whatnot. Um, that whole procedure, I'd already learnt that, and I'd already taught that years and years ago. I just had to uh, like dust off my uh, my knowledge of dive tables. So um, yeah, no, it is a great experience, and yeah, I, I can't recommend the uh, commercial diver training group um anymore head over to their their website i think it is just commercial let me just yeah commercial diver um fantastic group of um uh of instructors and staff and yeah you, you really do use the equipment and they go above and beyond um some dive courses can be a bit just okay you need to do this you need to do that that's all we're going to teach you but they they treat you like a an actual dive team so if you're moving into commercial diving you're more familiar with what's like expected of you and what's actually going to happen and 
And they really do help you out in that, oh, actually, this is a better way of doing such and such. And they've all been there. They've seen it. They've done it uh, like proper commercial saturation divers and all that stuff. Um, they have a – the company also has a functioning commercial diving team. Um, so the vessels that you're learning on, they're actually yeah commercial diving vessels who then – yeah, go off and they'll do a job and they'll come back. Sands all of the equipment as well. It's all what they actually use. So yeah, if you're thinking about going into like commercial diving, uh, then yeah, that's a great place to uh, to start. If you're thinking about going into like underwater media, underwater archaeology, um, then yeah, you're going to need this uh, this HSE ticket. It's it's widely viewed as probably the best uh, like accreditation in the world. And because it's like the safest and the most thorough, where some others are a bit more just, uh, yeah, just get the divers in the water. Uh, HSC has full like requirements. You have to do this. You have to do that. And um, and yeah, if you get this and you're looking for work, then the um, uh, the, the the companies that they're, they're going to love it and they're going to go, oh yeah, you've got the HSC professional scuba or at least the um, HSC course uh yeah this guy uh or gal um because there was a girl on the on the course and she did fantastic um and um yeah no uh, definitely if you're thinking about it check um check them out commercial diver training.co.uk and that's about it for this week um i i didn't i didn't want to ramble on too long because there's quite a lot of other news i fourth element are planting a tree for every online order a tiger shark or sorry i should say a third sand tiger shark was found near the uk um seahorse expert receives prestigious award uh shearwater research has gained a, a new ceo uh, there's been lots of news i i didn't want to uh, spend too much time uh chatting about it so i'll, I'll put all of the uh, the real interesting news in uh, in next week's podcast uh but yeah remember to uh, head over to our website uh, scuba diver um if you're not listening to this on youtube uh then yeah you can head over you can find us on youtube uh you can find this podcast on youtube which might be where a lot of people are listening to it on uh if you're not like and subscribe uh wherever you're listening um yeah remember to head over to uh, to scuba pros website and uh, and check out their free octo or uh, free or at least reduced price um dry suit undersuit offer uh yeah thank you for listening everybody and of course safe diving